Welcome to another episode of the Health Lawyer Podcast with Julian Whitehead, brought to you by Whitehead Legal, the most exclusive firm in Australia for health practitioners. The music's going wild. Today we are going to look at employee and contractor relationships after the High Court's recent decisions. We may delve further into the decisions in the next po- uh, next week's podcast. Really scrutinise what you and your practice should be doing in response to these decisions. So. Let's listen to that awesome gold, golden eyes in 6-4 music and get started. Now, the again, audio issues, the bane of my existence, but, but it's fine. And we'll, this is a resource for clients and potential clients and for everyone in the industry. I am hoping to share out some information, legal information, legal related information that may be helpful for the health industry. So a quick update on the uh, 16th to the 19th in Sydney, uh, the ADX, I will be there. I will be uh, having meetings with with anyone who wants to uh, have general chats about what they're doing, what their practice is doing, uh, if they're looking at buying practices, if they're looking at selling their practice or starting up or employee issues, practice ready. <clears throat> and contact me um, via the normal means, again, bottom of the, of the uh, podcast description or, of course, uh, via whiteheadlegal.com.au or my email. So we'll be there. Uh, yeah, should have some messages or just give us a call. But let's get back to it. We are commonly queried on engagement structures for health practitioners. The risks, benefits of engaging health practitioners do need to be discussed with your lawyer, us, the whitehead legal. We commonly see employment uh, employment agreements for professional um, practitioners, employment agreements, independent contractor agreements, service provider engagements, engaged under an employment contractor or SFA, service facility agreement, notwithstanding the stage of your practice, uh, the status of your practice or your practicing career, whether or not you own a practice, a practice owner, or you are a practitioner coming in to a practice and then you have been put a an agreement in front of you. Let's hope you've been put an agreement in front of you rather than a handshake. <clears throat> the uh, the uh, regardless of the stage of your career, um, you must have written agreements. Let's just put it out there. Handshake agreements are not commercial and they leave you quite exposed as practice owners and, and employees or contractors. It depends on what your relationship you think you're getting into. leaves you exposed because it's, it's, it's uncertainty. Last week in the podcast, was one of the key words was transparency. Again, this is transparency. Let's get the start of the relationship transparent it's better it's it's a better relationship when uh, when you know what is going on at the start so the two key recent decisions by the high court of australia in construction forestry maritime mining and energy union versus or against i should say personal contracting proprietor limited and zg operations and anor against jamsec and others so those decisions that have uh, just come out, just been um, put forward, uh, they will have large-scale implications for health practitioners, practitioners and their engagement types. Rest assured, this is big stuff coming through for 2020. We need to revisit everything. The <laughs> oh, Whitehead Legal needs to revisit everything. 
um, we need to look at what the what's got what the decisions uh, what they mean for our uh, for the documentation what they mean for ongoing ongoing documentation you'll find that that I think where um where the high court has moved actually away from the uh, previous quality matrix which we dealt with in an earlier podcast and actually affirmed the preeminence of the contract. This is quite good for practice owners, I think. Its uh, terms, uh, it, it's also affirmed the contract's terms when in when characterizing uh, the engagement type. So, uh, and, and the engagement relationship under the law. So I think that's a good thing for practice owners with existing contracts, which are uh, properly drafted. Let's rest assured that they need to be properly drafted to have a bit of comfort. <laughs> Not properly drafted, uh, of course, uh, give us a call. Happily, happy to go through your your current uh, employee or contractor or SFA agreements to make sure and to mitigate any risk that you may your practice may uh, may have. So you are going to he- uh, have to bear with me on a few background elements for the cases, but in very short, in the CFME or MMEU against personal contracting, the High Court held that a construction worker was an employee of a labour hire company. How does that relate to the, pra- the health practitioners? We'll see. In ZG, ZG Operations Australia against YAMSEC, uh, the High Court held that the two truck drivers there, um, they were actually contractors, independent contractors, um, despite their tenure. And their tenure was large. It was 40 years of exclusive, and that's, that's a key word, exclusive service to the to ZG operations. So when determining employment and contractor relationships, these, uh, these decisions these high court decisions, these preeminent decisions for the, for, the, for the high court justices, they highlight the importance for practice owners, the employers or the principals, in drafting written contracts for both contractors and employees. Uh, we'll return to the words draft, written, draft, written, draft, written, contracts draft written agreements make sure they're signed as well <laughs> and dated so thoughts in brief on these on these uh, very important uh, high court decisions is that writing is key but also control of the practice owner and how they control the practitioner how the practice owner controls its practitioner uh, is, is is quite key so practitioner owner control if that's low practitioners under yeah, your control and how they are dictated to if they are well if it's low then it's, you know we're we're moving towards the contractor um a practice control owner control is high or if there's total control of the practice owner over the practitioner well the and and if if the practice if the owner is um completely dictating everything then that's yeah that's very likely an employee so the key word there, control. Assess your control again with the practitioner. If if what are the what are the what are the um, variables to that? Is it is the practice practitioner just at your practice, or are they elsewhere? So there's a few few elements to it that we will expand in, but control is key. The, the next one, which is fat, which really good. The next element, uh, the next brief point is the high court found that the quality matrix approach was problematic 
as it um, it was quite generalized and it and it led to a few contradictions. So the quality matrix multifaceted test. There's a lot of ways you can call it. We um, again we we reported on that in an earlier podcast. Um, it's not completely irrelevant by any any, any means. So this it's still definitely relevant. But this decision enforced the primacy of the contract, determining the the, the rights, the legal rights. So where parties have um, carefully come to uh, an, an agreement, come to an agreement, and drafted an agreement, and drafted their terms of their agreement and their relationship in that written agreement, let's call it just contract, in that written contract, prepared by Whitehead Legal, uh, the depiction of that contractual relationship, hmm, that is one that is the preeminent uh, point here. What's the depicted in the contract? If it's if the depiction is of one of the unemployment or one of a contractor, it must proceed by reference to to that in 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 writing, because <laughs> the contract actually actually what is what is now being um, put to us is that is which is good for practice owners. Um, particularly with practice owners with properly drafted agreements now, is that the contract actually re represents um, what, is, what it means. And it does not, and, 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 they're a, and they're conducting a broader review of um, the post-contract, so a broader review of what you've actually entered into um, is, is of, le of lesser importance, and, but paramount importance is, yeah, it's in writing, contracts in writing with the, um, with what their relationship is, is, is drafted as, is employment or a contractor. Uh, so essentially, in saying that, get everything in writing. <laughs> it's just, just, it's remarkable how many practitioners rely on Tanshack agreements. You can't do it anymore. Get it in writing. If, and this is key. And get, so first off, get everything in writing. When the, when, if you're practicing, so getting a practitioner in, Get it in writing. What the terms are, detail it properly. Get us, get Whitehead Legal to look at it, and make sure that it's all what everyone has agreed to is in that agreement, in that contract. And if there are changes to the to the relationship or the or the um, the terms of the engagement after one, two, three years, update that employment or contractor agreement. Update it. Make sure it's a it's a, you review it annually. Um, have them signed off, have the updated version signed off and writing, not just by email exchange, um, on the changing terms of engagement, though, of that practitioner in, in future years. We'll delve into that into, a, uh, into another podcast. So, look, the high court decisions elucidate the distinctions courts are required to follow in applying contractual interpretation principles. And when they actually look at and assess, yeah, what is an employee? And what is a contractor? So it's essential for the practice owners to ensure that their written and signed agreements are drafted to accurately reflect what that arrangement is, what that agreement is, what that relationship is, be it a contractor or, a, or an employee. It's a fairly simple question at the start of the relationship between the practice owner and the practitioner that in the future that can merge into something disastrous for the practice owners if in fact there is actually an employment relationship found rather than what they what everyone intended and in being a contracting relationship did anyone mention entitlements if things go 
sour between the relationship between practice owner and practitioner. Things should, must, have to be in writing. It's genesis of the, of the relationship, not halfway through. In saying that, it's not uncommon for uh, practices to engage associate dentists hastily without recording the terms of their engagement. And that's dentists, veterinarians, health uh, doctors, uh, physios, allied health, um, without recording the terms of their engagement and subsequently have a later dispute about the engagement. So for those listening who are feeling a sense of unease about their existing professional practitioner engagements, it's not too late. So next week, we will go into how your practice should respond. What are you going to do? What would we recommend that you do via the Health Lawyer podcast? Let's we'll, we'll go into those um, and what what uh, what a, what a, what you can do, what you should do, what you need to look at um, with your with what what you've engaged your professional and non professional um, non professional staff, but more so focusing on the professional practitioner staff, uh, staff or, or contractors. That's another key word. Um, in response to the High Court developments. So remember all this is legal information, not advice. So call me, Julian Whitehead. I'm a partner at Whitehead Legal and I exclusively advise health uh, professionals throughout Australia. My contact details will be in the description as I said before. And thank you very much for listening to this week's podcast of the, this week's episode of the Health Lawyer Podcast with Julian Whitehead. <laughs>